1: some folks that I should mention at this stage, and I want to do it now because I want their names to stand out. I want to thank the Eluskas. Marin and Charles came and took care of all the travel arrangements, they're here today. Charles came just after he'd had heart surgery, and uh, he ended up in, in a Russian hospital again in a life-threatening situation. The Russian hospital saved his life but these folks have served God beyond the call of duty and I want to thank them in Jesus' name. There are a number of great truths I want you to believe today and here's one of them. Without Jesus Christ, men are lost. Let me say it again, without Jesus, men are lost. I was attending a religious meeting with some foreigners in Russia Folks from this part of the world, we were discussing salvation and one dear brother who meant well said, but even the communists, if they're sincere, are going to be saved. Because they're saved because they're sincere and they're saved while they're in darkness. If that is so, I said to him, the best thing for us to do is to not tell them the gospel. Because they're saved in darkness. That's an awful heresy that has somehow got into our church. The Bible teaches that men are lost without Jesus, but people are saved when they come to Christ in repentance. I want you to come to Romans chapter uh, 10 and verses 8 and onwards. Romans chapter 10 and verse 8 and onwards. And today I want to give a very special welcome to our viewers on 3ABN and other networks I want to send my love and my greetings to Danny and Linda Shelton and the team on 3ABN. The team of 3ABN came again this year and stood by us and supported us and they're doing a mighty work for God in the land of Russia. God bless 3ABN. Our partners in evangelism, glad that sister May Chung is here today who is on the board of 3ABN. We welcome you in Jesus name, May. And three ABN have been a godsend to the Russian people. I tell you, a godsend. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, Romans chapter 10 verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's how a person is saved. For with the heart one believes to righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame. Let me say this to my beloved friends at the Community Adventist Fellowship and to you Harold, the world without Jesus is lost. Even if men are sincere Buddhists, they are lost. Even if they are sincere Communists, they are lost. We are not saved by our sincerity, We are saved by coming to Christ and believing the gospel. Verse 12, For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon Him. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so I believe that the most important thing that you and I can ever do with our lives is to use these lives to communicate the love of God and the gospel of Jesus to the world because the world without Christ is lost. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. Who bring glad tidings of good things. I want to tell you my conviction today. This is an, an awesome truth even to contemplate. I believe that there will be thousands of people who are communists and atheists. Unbelievers and people who are victims of a vast religious distortion in Russia. I believe that there are going to be thousands of these people in the kingdom of God because we took them the gospel. Mm -hmm. Uh, People have said to me, Harold, uh, why do you go to Russia? What are your motives? You must have some some strange motive. I can tell you what my motive is. It is to see people saved in the kingdom of God. And the people that you've seen on the screen, multitudes of those people are going to be in heaven, Jess and Ruby, because people like you cared. Like the Watsons up in Oregon, because they cared. And Brother Butler and his wife, Brother Butler, turned 90, or is about to turn 90, and came as evangelists to to Russia, because they believe in the supremacy of the preaching of the everlasting gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what I tell you today, I don't want you to think that we're boasting about anything that we've done. Because what we have done has been so little and not enough. But I want to tell you, God has done some great things. Nine days ago, I received a letter. I have this letter somewhere here in my Bible with lots and lots of of Russian letters. And this one uh, had been translated into English. And these folks said, Pastor Carter, please spend a few moments with us. Will you come to our home church? Because these folks were baptized two years ago. And they said, "Uh, we are your converts. Please come and visit us. And it was impossible because our day started early in the morning. And I was basically running all day. Norm Matiko was too. Then we had two big meetings every night. But I said, can you come and see us? It would be possible for me to see you, but can you come and see us? They came to our hotel. Let me tell you about Lud Miller. Her face was shining. She said, Pastor Carter, and she said, uh, Mrs. Carter, we can never thank you enough. You'll never know how grateful we are to you. She said, I was an unbeliever. I did not believe in God. I was an atheist. She said, I came to the meeting, Gertrude, in 92 and was baptized in the river. She said, you also baptized my son, Yuri. She said, "After and and the daughter too, but after the baptism... Yuri the boy went to some of his old associates who were criminals and drug addicts and preached the gospel to them. And there was a young man sitting there who was now an elder in one of our new churches. His name is uh, Stace or something like that. And he said, I was one of the young men who was converted because Yuri came and told me the message of salvation. And just after that, Yuri was brutally murdered in Nizhny Novgorod. And then the rest of the group told me the story. Lord Miller, at the funeral service, had the spirit of God come upon her, and she stood beside her, her son's open coffin. I want you to get the picture of this. It's a cold time then in Russia, and there the boy who's been murdered by the mafia in Novgorod is lying in his coffin. And Ludmilla, his mother, stands beside the coffin and she preaches everything she knows for six hours. For six hours. And because of her earnestness and her sincerity, and because of the power in the Word of God, 20 of those people, atheists and communists, are converted and baptized. Mm. Mm. Uh, What what do you say about these people? Uh, What are we going to do with these people? Are we going to now walk off and, and, and leave them? Uh, then I think of another woman, Helen, who was there. Her name was Lena, and she is an, a, a babushka, a grandmother. And she came from uh, Belarusia. Let me look you in the eye, because I believe that you folks are the, are the finest people I know. But something dreadful has happened to the church in the Western world something dreadful has happened. We have become so cold and so complacent and we care so little for the lost. When Lena was a girl, the Nazis invaded uh, Belarusia. What they did, they took every person in her village and stripped them naked and marched them out into the snow. And buried them alive with bulldozers. They buried them alive. Lena and one man both escaped. They were the only two people in this village who could escape. They escaped. She said the next morning they came came back through the. They had to to get away. They had to go back past this mass grave. And they said, the whole area of hundreds of square yards was moving. And they could hear the cries of people under the earth. Uh, She moved to Novgorod just before the campaign started in 92. (laughs) She said, I was an unbeliever. She said, I had never had any hope all my life. And she said... I was moved by the Spirit of God to go to your meetings. And she said, you gave me hope. And then she said to us, in God's name, thank you. She said, I'm happy and at last I have hope. I ask you today, shall we now forsake these people? Shall we forsake them? I seem to think that what's happened here in North America and in Australia is that most of us have become dreadfully selfish. That's why we need so much therapy because we are so self-centered. But I just pray earnestly that the Spirit of God will move upon the hearts of His people. Uh, You you saw the people on the video uh, rushing into the building Uh, Norm Matiko told me that the the Russian officials went outside because uh, they had broken down a number of doors, six doors they broke down in one day. And uh, he said there in the crowd of thousands of people, there was a Russian woman and she was weeping and she was crying out and she was saying, "Uh, in the name of God, let me in. And one of the Russian officials said, we have no room. We can't let you in. But another one said, In the name of God, let her in. Don't keep her standing outside. We can't keep these people standing outside. We saw again this year thousands of people converted, 1,300 baptized so far, bringing to a total more than 5,000 baptisms in 24 months. Uh, we have met hundreds and thousands of people who come to us and they tell us the story of their lives and their suffering and the heartaches and the pain and I want to stand here today as a living witness to the fact that Jesus saves and that without God man is lost And without God, man is lonely, and evil, and selfish. But with Jesus, there is hope, and there is life, and there is deliverance. And I want to thank the people on 3ABN who sent us money. Thank God that you sent us money. So we could buy. Now, in the last 24 months, Steve... We've now given 70,000 Bibles to these Russian people. 70,000 Bibles. Thousands of great controversies, desire of ages. And we say today, for what our eyes have seen, the greatest thing that ever happened to John Carter was when he was called by God to go and preach the gospel to these people who've suffered so much. Uh, Beverly, uh, where's the microphone? I I want you to come, and uh, I'll hold it for you. Uh, Come and Beverly's going to share uh, a testimony, then Helen, Norm, and Paul. Um, We don't know what we're going to do next year. We're not going to run a campaign over there until October. It's going to take us that long to get over this one. Um, I feel a little bit like Billy Graham who said when he gets to heaven the first million years he's going to have a sleep. <laughs> Maybe we won't need it of course. But we have urgent calls from St. Petersburg but there's no money. There's no money. We got money for buildings, money's, money to run all sorts of committees, money to run, a huge bureaucracy, I'm talking about the church. I wish the day would come when we'd get rid of 90% of it. I tell you, I'm praying that God will get rid of 90% of it for a start. Now people will hate me for saying this, they'll hate me for saying it, but I want to see money going not into buildings and into the, the maintenance of a great bureaucracy that has hardly done a good thing, I want to see money going into evangelism and preaching the gospel. Mm. And I want to say to you, I want to say to you, many of you here have sacrificed beyond the call of duty. You've made a good investment. Best thing you could have done. Uh, Jess and Ruby here are out on the hustlings, raising money, putting on garage sales, uh, on, on a pension, baking bread. Baking bread. Uh, you couldn't stop them coming, even if you hit them over the head with a pole. They'd still be there. Mm-hmm. I say, my friend, be partners with us in preaching the gospel. Be partners with us in sharing Christ, not only in Russia, but in these United States of America, where the need perhaps is even greater because the, the moral condition of the people is lower. You say, what an awful thing to say. I got rebuked over in Russia by one dear little American lady because I said to the audience, we haven't come here to bring you an American religion. We haven't come here to bring you an Australian religion. We've come to bring you the religion of Jesus. And I said, there are many wonderful things that we can bring you from America. But there are many bad things too. You turn on television now, you see all this garbage that we're pouring into that country. You look at the billboards. Now that these crooked, rotten tobacco companies can't sell it over here, they're selling it to the Russians. Immoral, wicked people. Immoral, wicked people. The Hollywood industry, a filthy, polluted, damnable industry. We're taking the filth over there now. And so we haven't come to bring to the people Americanism, an American type of religion, and we haven't come to bring them an Australian religion or a British religion. We've come to bring them the religion of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Because it's the power of God unto salvation. To every man who believes. To the Jew first. And also to the Greek. And we need the gospel. I think even more here in these United States. Than, we, than, than over there in Russia. Because we don't feel our need. And so we're appealing to you to stand with us in this great work. And, and by the grace of God. To get out of this awful rut. Into which the church has fallen. Over here. Help us to start a revival. It's not hopeless. Help us to start a revival.
2: Alan White says in Desire of Ages that children are the most susceptible to the teachings of the gospel. Their hearts are open to divine influences and strong to retain the lessons received. And just like last year, we had special meetings for the children every evening. Mm. And Mrs. Joy Stewart from Oregon, assisted by her husband Don, led out in these programs. Now, Joy believes in child evangelism, not just in entertaining the children while the adults are inside. Mm. And she, over the, or during the six weeks, she took over 1,500 children through the most important teachings of the Bible. And many of these children accepted Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. That's right.
1: Some were baptised.
2: Joy and I also want to thank all those of you folk here and those from 3ABN who helped us make it possible to give away over 2,000 children's Bibles. And I know that those Bibles will be used by more than 2,000 children because, as you know, the Russians, they share everything that they get. Now, besides our children's programs every evening, We also visited a number of orphanages and children's hospitals. I saw many children like this one. I don't know how many of you get the Time magazine, but this Mm -hmm. is this week's Time magazine. And I went to a a hospital that had children like this and this child has brain damage. And into one hospital that I went into, actually I went into two rooms that were filled with children like this. And if this doesn't tear at your heart i don't know what will
1: that's because of the pollution
2: i know that we have these problems here in america but in um, russia it's near epidemic proportions and it's mainly because as john just said industrial pollution and careless handling of radioactive materials yeah yeah and there's just such a great need and you know there's so many things to be thankful for and one of the things is that some of you folk gave us clothes and medical equipment to take over to these hospitals and an- another wonderful thing that happened while we were there in the last week when Danny Chilton came two big semi-trailers pulled up at our church that's being mm. built there with
1: containers. with
2: containers and they contained over $300,000 worth of medical supplies. Glory. This- Glory.
1: Yeah. Thank God for 3ABN.
2: And this had been hmm. sent by the American government because of the work yeah. that we're doing there in Lesni, and they have given it to us to distribute. And I was so thrilled that, I was, that some of the hospitals that I had seen, and the needs that I had seen, and uh, Julia, the Governor's sister, is helping to do, distribute, and I gave her the names of some of these hospitals, and so I was so pleased to be able to do that. You know, when you come back, you come back with mis- mixed emotions. Mm. You're so thankful to God for what you have seen him doing. The thousands of lives that have been changed, the thousands of people that have been helped. And we praise God for that. And I want to thank you again for the help that you, well, the Amen. way that you have made it possible for us to go over there and do this. And then something else had happened on one of the evenings. Actually, it was June 6th, and I was up at the back of the auditorium where I usually sit, and I prayed right through the meetings. And before the meetings began that evening, a number of folk kept coming to me and saying, yeah, yeah. it's my birthday today. Mm-hmm. And after a little while, I thought to myself, well, Vladim. this is rather... Sp- yeah, I know, Remember yeah. member And a lot of young people. And after a while, I began to think, well, my, this is interesting. So many people having birthdays on June 6th. And then when the next one came, I just had to ask, you know, is, is this really so? Is this your birthday? And she said, yes, it's our spiritual birthday. We're Two baptized. years ago, in 1992, we were baptized in the Volga River. And here they were, so happy, so strong. And I know most of them, and they're all out w- witnessing winning other people mm. to Jesus. That's right. And so these are the things that we can thank God for and we can be so thankful for. Mm. And then, as John said, sometimes we hear people say, Well, we've done all we can. We need to pull back. Nonsense, well, all I can nonsense, say to those heresy, people, I don't know how lies. we're going to face God in the judgment if we do that. That's right. Because there are millions there yet who need to hear of Jesus and who need physical help as well. John also told you about that little lady from White Russia. I'd mm. just like to add something else. As I listened to her story of how she saw those people, all the villages, pushed into that hole and then covered over alive. Sarah. And then she said, As she and that other man, they were only very young, they escaped on a cattle train and when it stopped at Nisney, that's where they got off. And she said to us, all my relatives, all my family were killed in that ta- at that time. And she said from that time until 92, which was about 50 years, she mm. lived without hope. Mm. And then she started crying, she said, in 1992, you came. And now I have hope. I have Mm -hmm. the assurance that there is a God and that God loves me and that he's preparing a house for me. So these are the kind of stories that, you know, we just want to praise God for. And then just in closing, I want to leave you with this text and we all know it so well, but I've added a little bit to it. Let us work and give while it is day for the night cometh when no man can work or give.
1: Mm. Amen. Glory be to God. Let me say this. Uh, Beverly did an outstanding work in Russia this year. The Russian people love her. She's highly respected, and God used her in a marvelous way. Uh, Norm, come on down, please. Norm served as our manager, Elder Norm Matiko. His wife came. She was a great blessing. Norm has got his roots in Russia. I've got my roots there now, too. He's got physical roots. I've got spiritual roots.
3: Well, I stand before you here today because of God-fearing grandparents. Back there at the turn of the 10th century, chose to send their two sons, the eldest, 17 years of age, and the second, my father, hadn't reached his 15th birthday. They sent them to North America, because there they would find religious freedom. Mm -hmm. You see, it was there in Russia that the Russian Orthodox Church in the village where my father was born, there was continual harassment, persecution of Protestants, and in particular those who were Sabbath keepers. They had recently, in that village, discovered the Sabbath truth. And though they knew nothing about Seventh-day Adventists, but they began to keep the Seventh-day Sabbath. One day, the Russian Orthodox priest visited the village that my father was born, and he found that no one was at home. Well, that's true. They were all at my grandfather's house. And they were all arrested for a very serious crime that of attending a religious meeting. Hmm. One day the priest came to the school that my father was attending. He was in the fourth grade. And when he found out that he was a Protestant Christian, one whose parents were Sabbath-keepers, he took him bodily by the collar and ordered him out of the school. And that was the extent of my father's formal education. And so for the years to come, my father sat at the feet of his father, my grandfather. And he learned the cobbler's trade, and he learned the psalms and put them to memory, to music. Little did I realize, or did I envision, during my three visits to the USSR in the mid-sixties, that I would have opportunity in the nineties to visit Russia under such different circumstances. And to be in Nizhny Novgorod, there in the Dveryev Sporta of the Zavod, the sports palace of the, the Volga factory, and to have the opportunity to stand before literally thousands of people on that opening night, and the place was jam packed one half hour before the meeting started, and thousands of people outside, and to stand there when realizing of what was outside to sing the song that God had given me just a year before. In this world of peace, in this world of strife, there's a bridge that spans the waters deep. And it brings much peace in this world I know. It's the bridge that I call love. And I was moved as were every member of the team, including Pastor John. As when the invitation was given, you didn't have to coerce these people, no, they, run. they just run to the altar mm-hmm. giving their lives to Jesus Christ. I will never forget as long as I live the face of that 35 year old lady, John, mm. at the entrance mm. who pleaded and cried and begged desperately wanting to come in. And the heart of the director was touched and moved, the director of that sports palace and he lets her in. Pastor John, I will also always remember the last night when literally scores and scores of people came to personally express the thanks to the team members in your absence for your coming this year to Nizhny Novgorod and to bring peace and hope and joy to these people and for showing them the better way. Then I too shall remember Two young men that came to me and asked if they could ride on the bus with us to Moscow and then on to the seminary. These young men were twenty years of age. They were baptized two years prior. And the reason they wanted to come with us on the bus was because they wanted to go to our publishing house. They were literature evangelists and they wanted to go there and buy some books so they could bring them back and share them with the people of Nizhny, Novgorod. I sat near the front of the bus and my wife sat near the back of the bus. And she reminded me on a number of occasions where one of those young men would stand while we were going along. Most of us were sleeping. But one of those young men, 20 years of age, would stand in the well of the bus. And there, for half an hour, he would read his Bible and pray. And then when we got to Moscow the following day and decided to visit the Red Square area, most of us went sightseeing or shopping. But these young men said, "We don't worry about us, we want to go and we want to find the Protestant publishing house because we need to buy some more literature to take back to Nizhny Novgorod. And then I know that each one of us that were present will never forget Pastor Alexander, the Secretary of the Conference. Bless him. He's the young man that last year we, uh, uh, who coined uh, the phrase with us, no problem. Mm -hmm. Well, I worked very closely with him this year because he was the one that the conference had assigned to uh, handle the affairs of the Crusade. And there were a few times when he came to me, Brother Stephen said, Mm -hmm. big problem. Big problem. (laughs) But uh, thanks to God we were able to resolve those problems. Always worked long hours. And one evening, it rained quite a bit during the daytime, and after the evening meeting, he came over to our room, and my wife was there, and uh, uh, Pastor Alexander, he, he sat down. He was weary and tired. It had been a long day. And he took off his wet shoes, and I noticed the soles of his shoes. Mm-hmm. In each of, the sho- each of those shoes, there were at least 50 nails to hold the sole together. Mm-hmm. And I looked at my Florsheim shoes that I had just purchased before I left for, for Russia. What do you think I did? I took those shoes and gave them to Alexander. He put them on his feet. They fit? They fit. Perfect fit. <laughs> I knew they would fit because I gave him a pair last year so I knew his size. <laughs> but I felt sorry for him and I gave him my black Florsheim shoes Yes. and he was so grateful. He was so grateful, and as I thought of uh, Pastor Alexander, I thought of the 5,000 plus people that were baptized. They too have needs, mm. never a complaint. Never. They never tell you that, hey, we're desperate, we need help, but they all need help. Mm. Most of them have one change of clothes. My wife said, well, you know, in Russia here, there's no lack of fashion, that's true. But most of the people, if they have one dress uh, for going out, that's great. If they have two, that's unusual experience. Only 20% of the population is affluent. The rest don't have much. But they are so appreciative uh, of what can be done. Then as we made our way homeward, my wife and daughter Donna fittingly reminded me that if it wasn't for the vision of our ancestors, That's we too could be there today. Yeah. And we thank God for the opportunity that has been ours to go there and to share, and in so doing, fill our spiritual needs too. And as I stand before you here today, I think of the thousands of lonely voices mm. in Nizhni. Yeah. Lonely voices, sounding like a child, Mm -hmm. lonely voices. I saw them in every city in Russia that I visited,
1: Mm -hmm.
3: and they're calling out to you and to me today. Mm. Shall we forsake them?"
1: Mm. Never. Mm. Thank you. I want to tell you, Paul, you can get ready, but I I want to tell Marion and Charles a great story. I don't think they know it. The night before the Yaluskas were to leave with the first group, uh, Childs became very sick. It was a life-threatening condition. Beverly and I were really worried about him. So was Marion. He couldn't breathe. And so Alexander quickly got on the telephone. It was a freezing night. The next morning it snowed. That's only a month ago. Snowed heavy. But he got on the telephone, he said, we, we have an American man here and he, he could be dying. Within four minutes, there was an ambulance there. Now, it didn't have any oxygen in it, had nothing in it. But a little Russian doctor, a babushka, you remember her? She came charging in, took control of the situation. And uh, got uh, Mr. Herluska, our beloved brother Charles, a stretcher, carried him out. I want to tell you now the story of these two Russian doctors. He was taken to a, a very fine Russian hospital, very clean, very Spartan, very poor. They put him into intensive care. They got out their needles, new needles. They got them out so that we knew that they were getting the needles out of the... Okay, that they were clean because they have so little of anything. And so, they got to have clean needles. The Russian doctor stayed with him all night. He was a cardiologist. <laughs> and as good as any you'd get here in this country. He stayed with him all night. And the next morning, Charles's condition had completely stabilized. I, I went with Marion in the bus on a snowy morning. I went to the doctor and said, how much? He said, nothing. No charge. We're just glad to help. We think we've got a better system, don't we? Think we're better people. No charge, he said. We're just glad to help. They saved his life. Then we said to, somebody said to the Russian doctor, the lady doctor who'd come charging in, as I've told you, the charge of the babushkas is something that must be seen to be appreciated. Uh, somebody said to her, "This is John Carter," and she'd heard about me, and said, "We would like you to come to our meetings." The next night she was at the meetings. Did you, did, have you heard this, Marion? And I told the story of how this Russian doctor had saved Charles's life, and how he said, "There's no charge." And I told the people, "This is how salvation is. It's free. God gives it to you free." And uh, then uh, I told about this, the Russian lady doctor who'd come and got him in the ambulance. And Igor said, there she is down the front. And so I, I called and I said, have we got a Russian Bible? Give it to the doctor. We gave her a Bible and glory be to God we baptized her.
0: Mm.
1: She's been baptized. Glory be to God. Mm. These people are, uh, are an unselfish people. Let me tell you what I, in my humble opinion, what is wrecking Australia and America. You know what it is? It's this confounded liberal welfare system. We've got people addicted to handouts. But these people in Russia who are suffering people, on the whole, you can't get them to take anything because they believe in personal dignity. Paul, come and tell. And then I want uh, Helen to come. Uh, we're just glad, we're honored and glad to have Paul with us. Uh, Paul has worked, of course, with the Billy Graham Association, and uh, he was the organist for some of those great campaigns in New York and London, and I've asked him to, to tell you a little.
0: Thank you, John. Um, in the Billy Graham meetings, of course, we were in many cities all over the world, and this wasn't my first crusade, it was my second time to Russia. And uh, so some of the team members who had never been in meetings, they were wondering what to expect, but uh, thank the Lord that uh, we were able to uh, tell them a little bit about uh, their duties and so forth, and uh, to be involved, of course, in the music. And uh, I'd like to just give you briefly my lasting impressions of the meetings there. I think, John, that I had the best vantage point of the whole place. Uh, John and Igor were on the platform and I was the only one uh, other one on the platform of course during the music I was very busy but um, uh, the lasting impressions that I have of being in Nizhny Novgorod uh, being able to sit there as you're preaching it and, and see the energy that you and, and eager are putting forth, people don't realize that it's it's work. It's all gone it, at present. It, it, I noticed it's all yeah, gone. <laughs> it is it is it is work to uh, to preach, but to also see the the wonderful anointing of the Holy Spirit on their ministry, and to look out uh, over the audience and see the faces and the reaction of the people was such a, a great uh, impression that was left with me. I like to remember things with uh, coin, little coin phrases, and I, I would say that there are three things that start with the letter b: born again, secondly bibles, thirdly baptism mm-hmm. and uh, as far as the as the born again experience, um, as I looked out over the audience to see the folks that that uh, had not been had the opportunity to Uh, Here, the preaching of the gospel, we're told that there was no God. Their former leader, Nikita Khrushchev, said, we will bury you. We were taught by our, our our politicians that they were our enemies and we are their enemies. I saw only love in the faces of these people. That's right. So those impressions will always remain with me. To see the the um, new life that was coming, you know, Nizhny Novgorod. Nizhny means lower, Novgorod means new town, mm-hmm. and that certainly is a new town, a new city, born again. Many, so many hundreds and thousands of people that have been born again. As far as the Bibles are concerned, as John has mentioned, they were given after the uh, folks had been there night night after night. And the impression I had there as you had them raise their Bibles, a sea of Bibles. Uh, I wish in America that we would take our Bibles to church like they do. That's right. And uh, to uh, see them as we have gone to uh, uh, Sabbath school, Bible school, and uh, we know where the book of Revelation is or the book of Psalms. Uh, they have not had a Bible so John even had to tell them the page and and what this uh, the story of in the book of Daniel or Revelation was all about and uh, then as far as the baptisms I did not play. Uh, we had recorded music in those baptisms. I got to see the first baptism. So because I was not uh, there with you on the platform, I was able to mingle with the folks. And where I wanted to be was down as they came right out of the of the waters of, of burial of baptism and see the glow on those people's face. I shall never forget that uh, in all of my life, that. Uh, this change that had taken place in uh, that particular day over 500 people that uh, were buried in in the waters of baptism three things that that, uh, rest on my mind now that uh, i think uh, i hope that we will know that there is this burden on all of us their music as you noticed john even in the uh, uh, sabbath service was in the minor mode
1: that's
0: right Uh, they are used to that i i want to my burden is that i want to bring something in the major mode as we have songs that sing of the joy of knowing christ secondly is the follow-up i know in the billy graham crusades this was a very heavy burden on billy's heart Mm -hmm. that we follow up let's pray for the folks as they as they are following up and then uh, thirdly i don't want to ever lose that impression that i have on my heart as i saw those people Uh, john asked me on the final night that i was there to come and stand beside him as he was explaining the plan of salvation to the folks and John as I looked out all over that whole audience That is an impression that I shall never forget mm. uh, One thing uh, finally just before I left my brother oldest brother passed away And uh, if you've lost a, a, a person uh, in your in your own life like that you realize Lord How much more time do you have And during one of the services? I looked up and at the uh, 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 ceiling and I said Lord how many more years do you have for me to serve you well. and I'm so thankful that I did have this opportunity the scripture in, in Psalm the 90th chapter comes to me and that is uh, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom let's pray for those folks let's pray for the future and I'd love to go back with you again you. thank you
1: Helen has come with us now three times and is an inspiration and a great blessing to the team and to the Russian people. They love her.
4: And it's good to be back with you today, but one day I'm going to Russia and I'm not going to come back. Mm-hmm. I love the Russian people. Mm-hmm. But last... I love
1: you too, Helen.
4: <laughs> There's just no one like them in the world. The last Sabbath morning I was standing in Lennon Temple and Pastor Carter, I was standing next to Pastor Carter and he said, um, Helen, can you do a job for me? Now when Pastor Carter asks you to do a job, well when God asks you to do a job, it's possible. Hmm. But When Pastor Carter asks you to do a job, it's virtually impossible. <laughs> but I looked him in the eye and I said, I sure will, I didn't know what he was going to ask me. And he said, this gentleman here, this is Dr. Porzarnov." he's being baptized today he has a lot of questions about the Bible can you get up some books for him in Russian and I didn't know where I was going to get a book for in Russian but I was praying and I asked him I said what kind of books and he said anything that you can find that will help him in his walk with Christ so Pastor Carter walked away and I looked at Dr. Prozorinov, and I said you have not made this decision today to be baptized by yourself. I said the Holy Spirit has moved upon your heart and has called you to be baptized and I said I am so happy for you and I said we are all happy for you and so Igor uh, translated for me. And I said, if you will be at my room in the morning at 11 o'clock, I'll have some books for you. I didn't know where I was going to get the books, but I was praying. And just as I turned away from him, Angela Matiko was standing there. See, God answers prayers. And I said, Angela, Pastor Carter has asked me to get some books for this doctor that's being baptized today. I don't know where I'm going to get some books. She said, I have some lying around in my room. I'll get, get them together for you, and I'll bring them to your room tonight. Well, I went out that evening, and when I came back, Angela had brought me seven books. And among them was a great controversy. The next morning, the phone didn't ring at 11 o'clock. It was Dr. Porzharanov, knocking very softly on the door. And when I opened the door, I wasn't surprised to see him, because I knew he was coming. And I said, Good morning, Dr. Porzharanov. How are you? I had asked my little friend, Sweta, was 17 years old, who accepted Christ two years ago. I'd asked her to come and be a translator for me. She said, do you want me to tell him about God? And I said, please tell him about God and what he has done for you in your very young life. So she came that morning and she translated for me. And I asked Dr. Projornoff, I said, please come in. I have some books for you. I said, but I want to tell you about them before I give them to you. He didn't want to come in. They're so humble. Hmm. But we finally were able to get him to come in. And he had brought his two children with him. Kate is five and Paul is four. So we offered the two children a banana. Paul took the banana right away. You know, boys. But Kate, Kate would refuse the banana. But she took some candy for us. So I asked him to sit down. He didn't want to sit down. He said, just going to stay a short time. Don't want to take up your time. He didn't want to take up my time. I was, he wasn't taking up my time. I got on my knees beside the chair, you know, getting into this preaching mood. I hate to preach, but I started telling him about the books that I was giving him. I said, now this is great controversy about the struggle between good and evil. I said, it's a great struggle going on, but there's an end, Dr. Projornoff. And I said, I want you to take this book. And I said, I also have blind faith. I said, we don't walk by blind faith. We walk by a prevailing faith, one that will last. And I said, here's Steps to Christ. Please read this book. I said, but never forsake reading your Bible. Read your Bible daily. Just read these books when you have time. And then as World in Collision. I have this for you. And who changed the Sabbath and why it was changed. I have that for you. Jesus, My Salvation. This is your book. And Keys to Good Health. I said, please take these books, Dr. Projorinov, and read them daily. I said, they will bless you. And I said, we love you. By this time, my roommate, Lily, was gathering dresses together and she held up a dress and she said, can your wife wear this dress? He Buy said, sir. no, no. And she said, hmm. she can wear it? He said, yes, but no. He didn't want to take it. Yeah. But Lily gave him that dress, beautiful dress she had just bought. Then she gave him another dress. Then we got the bananas out of the refrigerator. Then we got some potatoes out of the refrigerator. We got eggs, we got bread, we got cucumbers, we got (laughs) tomatoes, we gave him everything. He had a little bag like this, and when he left we had a big bag like this. And he was so kind, he didn't want to take this stuff. He said, but my walk with Christ, he said, "My, my wife is Russian, Russian Orthodox. I said, God loves the Russian Orthodox people, and he loves your wife. And he's gonna bring her to Christ through you. He has called you to be a witness. And I asked him, I said, with whom do you work? He said, I work with the misfits. I work with the alcoholics, the Mm. drug addicts, the people with AIDS. I said, God has sent you to be a servant to them. Now he's calling you to be a witness to them. Mm. Through faith in Jesus Christ, you can do it. And then the last story I have to, and then he asked me, will you call me? I said, we will call you because we love you. Mm. I feel you tapping me on the back. I have one more thing to say. (laughs) I told him we're going to call him, and I said, we're going to write you, and we're going to send you some of these pictures. But the very, very important story before I left, I had a blue flashlight, and Galena was one of our translators. And I said, Galena, can you use this flashlight? She looked at the flashlight, she said, I live with an atheist and a communist. I now can read my Bible. Thank you for this flashlight. Thank you.
1: I should also mention that Steve Domenico came and took a number of youth meetings in the great auditorium. God is, going to, is calling Steve to do a special ministry in this church, and Bob New also dropped in for several days, and Alex was there also I think for a day or two. Uh, as I left Russia, one of the Americans came to me, Ray Thomas, and he gave me a, a book on Christian service by Alan White. He said, read this for your encouragement, and I read it and it moved me. Alan White told the story of a battle, and we're in a great battle, and there was a great battle raging, and there was a young soldier up the front who was carrying the flag, carrying the colours. And The rest of the soldiers retreated and left him standing in the midst of the battle, carrying the colours. And The captain called out and said to him, bring back the colours, bring back the colours, And the young soldier said, bring the men back to the colours. Bring the men back to the colours. I want to say this to you, this is no time for the church of God to retreat. This is no time for the church of God to leave the colours. This is no time for the church of God to say, well, we're just going to put money into bureaucracy. We're just going to put money into officers. That's retreat. That's retreat. It's time to bring the soldiers, it's time to bring the church back to the colors, back to the battle, back to the preaching of the everlasting gospel. We say today, glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. amen. Please bow your heads. Our Father, we just thank you that we've had the privilege of being a part of another Pentecost. Today our hearts go across the the Atlantic Ocean, across Europe to Russia, where millions of people sit in darkness, and people are crying out, will someone show me the way? Our Father, today we tell you that by the grace of God, we will not forsake them. We will not turn our backs on them. We will not forsake the colours. We thank you for what has been accomplished by your Spirit. We thank you for the thousands converted, baptized. Who would have thought it? But we bless you and we praise you. We pray for the city of Los Angeles. We pray for the land of the United States of America. Oh God, bring your people back to the colors. Pour out your spirit upon your church. May there be changes in attitudes and actions and policies that money will not be devoted for that which is not bread, but that money shall be put into the bread of life. And we pray that you will work on the hearts of these people and the people who are watching on 3ABN to bring about a mighty spiritual revolution. That's what we pray for today. Not for a modification, but for a spiritual revolution as great as happened in 1917, and as great as what happened when Gorbachev came to power. We pray that the Spirit of God will be poured out upon your people, upon this country. Bless and protect our new believers in Russia. Be with these other cities like Moscow and St. Petersburg and Kyiv, who are crying out for preachers. Raise up preachers. Protect us. Cover us with the blood of Jesus. Forgive us for our sins, our coldness of heart, and put a fire in our souls. And so, our Father, today we honour you, we give you glory, we give you praise, and we give you thanks. In Jesus' precious name. Amen.